Welcome to It's Still Bedlam. I'm Ryan Aber and joined via phone by John Helsley. John, how are you doing this morning? I am doing well, Ryan. Thanks for asking. How about yourself? Uh, doing fantastic. I got a chance to, to sit down and watch some college basketball last night uh, away from covering, and I didn't know which game to watch uh, between the game you were at, Oklahoma State and Iowa State, and the uh, Duke-North Carolina game. Luckily, everything worked out where I got to watch the best part of both of them because uh, uh, Oklahoma State-Iowa State wrapped up in regulation, which is something we're uh, you know, not really used to with this rivalry. Uh, but uh, was able to watch the uh, overtime in the end of, reg- of regulation of, of Duke, North Carolina, so it was fantastic. Yeah, if you'd have told me one of those games was going to overtime, I'd have probably raised my hand and said, well, here we go again. Because, <laughs> you know, last year the two teams, you know, four overtimes to settle two regular season games. They've played some other overtimes, you know, in, in recent years, and, and the games are always close and, and down to the wire. So uh, glad we got it done in regulation, though. Yeah, no doubt about that. Uh, Iowa State comes out with the the victory uh, over Oklahoma State. I know OU fans were probably rooting for the Cowboys last night uh, to keep alive their hopes of, of finishing second in the league and everything. Wait, what? <laughs> I know, but you know, you look at the the uh, standings. If if you're an OU fan, you better have been rooting for the Cowboys last night, right? I'm not believing it. I'm not believing. <laughs> it. I don't. I don't know that uh, many of them were, but they they should have. I'll, I'll say that. Okay, should have, yes. <laughs> but uh, Oklahoma State had a had a chance to win this game. They were uh, up in the, the final couple minutes. Uh, what happened there uh, that, that led to the Cyclones being able to, to pull that one out? You know, each team had three key possessions there late, and, you know, Iowa State won all six possessions. You know, they scored on their three couple of buckets from uh, George Niang, uh, three-pointer from Dustin Hogue. Cowboys got a miss, a turnover, another miss. And, you know, that's what it came down to in the end. I mean, it was, a, it was a fabulous, interesting game in between that. I mean, getting to that point, uh, LeBron Nash, Phil Forte didn't have their best games, you know, but the, but the Cowboys were able to get enough production you know, from other guys and, and get enough from those two as well at the free throw line mainly uh, to kind of hang around. If you watch the game, at least from my vantage point, you, you kind of felt like, well, how are the Cowboys really in this, you know? Yeah. And yet there they were at the end, and there they were up four, uh, heading to the two-minute mark, and, and then they ran into those, uh, those you know, series of, of possessions there where uh, you know, Iowa State got it done and the Cowboys did not. Yeah, and and with with Niang and and Hogue that you mentioned, they those guys had uh, four fouls for that whole stretch, and you know you you figured if Oklahoma State could have figured out a way to to get one of those guys out of the game, maybe things change in that one. But I I thought the real difference maker for Iowa State last night was Jameel McKay. He's a guy who stepped stepped into the lineup when they made a a switch with him and and Bryce Tejon Jones and and moved around what they did and that's really given them a spark it seems like the last couple of weeks. I was really impressed with him and I I'll be honest with you didn't really you know didn't notice him much earlier in the season uh you know but golly he's athletic you know he can shoot it a little bit but he got to the line a bunch against the Cowboys last night had 14 boards bunch of offensive rebounds and you're right he was he was the difference maker in the game, and beyond those stats that are that are so obvious right there, early in the game, 
he pretty much got in LeBron Nash's head. And um, you know, Nash was going to be a focal point of the game plan for the Cowboys last night. He had averaged 16 points the last three games against Iowa State. You know, that was pre, you know, Jameel McKay's emergence in, in their lineup, though. And uh, that was a great answer to the matchup for, for the Cyclones because he's athletic, he's big, and those are the kind of guys that really give Nash trouble. You know, he likes to spin and, and duck under and do a lot of things to get to the, to the basket. And, and McKay pretty much denied that. And for a good part of the game, uh, LeBron Nash was out of it. And um, you know, he, he made some big shots late. I was thinking, you know, I'm going to have to write a Nash story that says, uh, you know, he didn't do much until the last, you know, four minutes. You know, I thought I was, you know, I was ready to crank that sucker out, and then uh, the game kind of went the other way. But yeah, Jamil McKay was a, a big influence in the game last night. Yeah, you mentioned offensive rebounds. He had nine of his fourteen rebounds came on the offensive end. He was thirteen of eighteen from the free throw line. And uh, Oklahoma State, I mean, those those offensive rebounds came in in big. Uh, big spots. Uh, Iowa State outscored Oklahoma State twenty-one to six on second chance points, thirty-four to fourteen in the paint, and uh, no doubt that that's what made the difference in this game—a five-point Cyclones victory. Yeah, it was just such a huge factor, and the Cowboys have found a way against bigger teams, Texas, whoever it may be, to to kind of offset their you know lack of of size inside. Uh, they really had no answer last night. And a lot of it went to McKay because Niang was, was not a huge factor. You know, they got some guards that rebounded too, but, uh, you know, McKay was a big part of that. And uh, they really had no answer for him. And it, it, I think it's going to be interesting. I'm going I'm to pay real close attention to Iowa State going forward because, you know, that's an element they really haven't had, you know. And, uh, you know, if he can continue it and, and replicate it, I think that's a, that's a nice piece for them going forward. Yeah, no doubt about that. And, uh, again, Oklahoma fans better pay attention to what Iowa State's doing because uh, right, right now the Cyclones are, are half a game ahead of the Sooners for second place in the league. Obviously West Virginia right there too. And, uh, once again, OU fans, if, you, if you're paying attention, uh, you better root for the Cowboys this weekend because uh, West Virginia uh, comes to Stillwater and, and Bob Huggins' team can be very, very dangerous when they're rolling defensively, uh, not much in their half-court offense. They really struggle when the, the game slows down for them, but they force enough turnovers, get out in transition, and they can make uh, things a nightmare on anybody regardless of where they are, and uh, they, they proved that Monday uh, in the win over Kansas. Yeah, that's going to be sort of a, a test of wills on, uh, on Saturday in Stillwater because you're right. West Virginia, you know, they, they rely so so much on that pressure defense. Cowboys handle the ball well. I think they have a good uh, a good plan against the press, and they want to slow things down. Uh, you know, this version of the team, they want to play very controlled. So um, it's going to be interesting. And the Cowboys will press you a little bit if they think they can. So um, I think it'll be a fun, intriguing game from that respect. See who wins that. Uh, you and I have talked about this a little bit. I think some teams, you know, it's a little bit like football. Once you get some tape on a team, you really get a, a feel for what the, what they do and what they like to do. I think some teams are able to, um, you know, maybe figure some things out. I think there's a blueprint maybe for breaking that press uh, that West Virginia uh, loves so much. Kansas didn't didn't find it, but but they're a team that's pretty easy to turn over. 
Um, so it'll be interesting to see if uh, if OSU's got some answers. Yeah, no, no doubt about that. I think uh, it seems to me like LeBron Nash is going to be a big key in that game because of uh, some of the things that Biggs have been able to do to successfully uh, uh, take some pressure uh, away from from West Virginia. Yeah, he will, and uh, I would think he would be a, bit, uh, a guy that'll be key in, in uh, you know catching the ball at some point on the floor and in advancing it, and then like you say. Uh, you know, getting points down deep, and you know, doing what he does when he's uh, when he's able to do that. Yeah, let's uh, turn our attention to OU for a bit, and uh, not sure if you got to watch it uh, on Saturday, uh, but or uh, excuse me, on Tuesday. We'll start with that game. Uh, Oklahoma trailing for for much of the second half, came back and and beat Texas seventy one to to sixty nine. Uh, the biggest takeaway I got from it, it has nothing to do with OU is that Miles Turner is turning into the player that we all thought he was going to be before the season. He was absolutely fantastic. 17 points, 10 rebounds, 6 blocks, coming off the bench for some inexplicable reason, but uh, a game after having a triple-double. But uh, he was a difference maker in there. I wonder if this means he's going to be a one-half-and-done. <laughs> he's kind of figuring it out here at the, at the end of the season. Uh, yeah, uh, you know, he's a guy that he showed flashes of it throughout the season, um, but obviously had had the skills, had the abilities, and they're finally sort of tapping into that. I don't know if it's going to be in time or not, but it'll be interesting to see how they finish. But, um, yeah, he was, uh, he was really good. But, you know, the Sooners, you know, cumulatively – got things done and, and really showed a lot of toughness at the end of the game, didn't they? Yeah, no doubt about that. I thought Jordan Woodard was fantastic uh, in the last six and a half minutes this game. Uh, at the start of that, Texas led by seven points. Jordan Woodard hits a big three that gets things rolling in OU's direction. He comes with the ups with some big defensive stops. Uh, Buddy Heald and Isaiah Cousins also had some really good defensive plays that led to turnovers, which led to points on the other end. Uh, OU forced 13 turnovers uh, by the Longhorns, and, and eight of them were directly off steals, and at least four of the others uh, were were forced bad passes that uh, OU forced uh, by their solid defense. They weren't, uh, weren't unforced errors uh, that sometimes uh, those turnovers turn into. I thought they played really well. They finally started setting some screens uh, a little bit lower in the paint that helped them uh, avoid Texas' big shot blockers in the final minutes. Uh, Woodard had a fantastic layup. Tayshawn Thomas had a, a second-chance bucket that he got fouled on as well and and tied up the game in the last minute and a half. And from there, OU just sort of took over. Yeah, it really did. And, uh, you know, quality win there. Um, you know, if, if you want to continue to make a push for that, uh, what looks to be the number two seed in the, in the Big 12 tournament, second place finish, those are the kind of games you got to win. And uh, Sooners uh, really showing some good stuff late there to get that done and, uh, and get it another one. And, and hey, um, do it all again this weekend, right? <laughs> a- absolutely. And, and you talked about getting a two seed, and I think that's important for OU for a lot of reasons. Uh, the first one is the the one and two seed play a team that's played the night before, and uh, you know it's as big of a, a chasm as there are. 
between the the you know the eighth team and the ninth team in this league, Texas Tech and TCU have sort of been separated at the bottom of that league, or should say TCU and Texas, or Texas Tech, excuse me. Uh, they're still dangerous and capable of jumping up and biting somebody, but you figure playing a team coming off a, a game the night before that figures to be pretty rugged uh, would be a big advantage. And the other big advantage of that is it looks like there's a good shot that OU and Iowa State are playing for the same spot in the NCAA tournament, and that's a top-four seed uh, in Omaha because of the way the, the tournament shakes out this year, Omaha's the only place that's really within driving distance for, for most Sooners fans. Well, and, and obviously beyond where that game is, just you know, maintaining that, uh, that positive energy towards a, a good seed in a tournament. And you and I have covered a, a couple of squads here the last couple of years that have failed to, to get past game one in the tournament. And uh, that's a big factor. Yeah, no doubt about that. But for OU, uh, they go on the road to Lubbock uh, at Texas Tech on Saturday at 11 a.m. And uh, even with the, the records that OU set the last time out, uh, you know, lowest points allowed in a Big 12 game, second biggest margin ever for OU in a Big 12 game as well, uh, Texas Tech has proven that they're a team that's capable of jumping up and biting you. They beat Iowa State and, and Kansas State there in Lubbock. Yeah, it's not an easy place to play. Well, and it's not, and you better be ready, and especially at 11 a.m. You know, it's playing at 11 a.m. on the road is, is different. You know, it just has a totally different feel. Um, you wake up in some hotel room at whatever time it is, and your routine's off anyway. Just the 11 a.m. games just have a different feel to them. So, um, you know, get yourself ready. Uh, find a way to win that game because the Sooners are clearly the better team. Uh, and, and, hey, let's talk about this for a second. It's uh, you know, we, We've talked about TCU and Tech being better. And look at, uh, look at TCU now. <laughs> Got a two-game winning streak in the conference. No kidding. I mean, I said for what? how many straight weeks – uh, on this podcast, I think it might be every episode that we've recorded. Uh, I said that TCU was going to jump up and bite somebody and beat somebody that wasn't Texas Tech, and uh, finally they did it Saturday against Oklahoma State. You were there, uh, you know. I think Kellis Robinette last night was calling it the uh, Fort Worth High School Classic when uh, Kansas State was in the house uh, <laughs> down there at uh, the the high school gym that they're using. But uh, this is a pretty good team, and, and they're capable of jumping up and, and biting a lot of teams uh, if they play well. They haven't been a fantastic shooting team for a lot of the year, uh, especially at the free throw line they've struggled. But uh, they can get after you a little bit. They could do it. And, man, did they get after uh, K-State last night. They were up 20 at the half, 35 to 15. I saw that score. I about fell out of my chair. You know, I, I, sh- I thought, yeah, sure, you know, K-State could go in there and lose. But uh, – uh, I didn't see that coming. Yeah, and let's talk about Kansas State for a little bit. I know on Saturday you were obviously tied up with your game, but uh, Oklahoma sure had an interesting game up in Manhattan. Uh, had a, a lot of things go wrong for them that uh, I don't, I'm not going to say they weren't in their control, but some of them, uh, there were some interesting calls, I guess you could say. They had a, a three-pointer uh, right at the shot clock buzzer that was, uh, there was a, a little bit of a travel. I'm not going to, uh, you know, uh, 
get on the officials too much for missing that. Travels get missed all the time like that. But uh, it was released right after the, the shot clock went off. That counted. And then some some uh, tough fouls that Ryan Spangler picked up, three of them, uh, two of which were very questionable uh, in the second half of that game. And obviously Kansas State's a team that they want to grind it out. They want to uh, sort of win ugly. And, and they were able to do that uh, on, on Saturday unfortunately for them weren't able to continue the momentum against TCU uh, this weekend you know just on that officiating topic for a minute and you know I'm not saying it's been a factor one way or the other for either of the state teams but um, I've seen a lot of curious things this season things that I don't like and it, it saw it again a little bit last night really late whistles you know um, I don't know if you've seen any of that or not but you know like they're going to wait to see if the ball goes in the bucket or not before they call the foul. It's like, call it or don't call it. <laughs> yeah. Know? And, foul or it's not a foul. Yeah, and, you know, I've talked about, we've talked about a couple times on this podcast that I think that the shot clock needs to be reduced, and that's one of the changes that needs to be made with college basketball. I, I think the other one is continuation, and uh, I think a lot of times that gets cut short uh, at the college level. Uh, I like the way the NBA game lets things uh continue and they call the foul when it's warranted regardless of of whether the bucket goes in Uh, we've seen some examples of that and I thought the the funniest one was uh, Ryan Spangler gets thrown to the floor uh, believe it was Holmes that did it or not not Holmes uh, I'm trying to think who it was from Kansas State getting Kansas State and Texas mixed up a little bit but uh, Spangler get yeah I think it was Thomas Gibson Uh, Spangler gets tossed to the floor and uh, he gets called for the foul. <laughs> hey, let me tell you, we had a uh, we had the old pregame technical foul called down at uh, TCU. <laughs> I, I heard and about I, that at uh, sl- dunking and in, in warmups. Is that dunking what, uh, in the warmup? Let me just let me ask you, Ryan. Every game I've seen for I don't know how many years, I've seen dunking in the warmups. Yeah, and, uh, I asked I asked a, uh, a Big Twelve. Uh, evaluator, officiating evaluator about that, and then uh, he said, Jay, when the officials are taking control of the game at the 20-minute mark of the first half, you know it's going to be a long night. So, Yeah, and yeah, no doubt about that. And I, you know, it's it's strange to me to see the, the differences from game to game. I mean, we saw, I thought the Iowa State-Oklahoma game was officiated beautifully. They let them play, and obviously that has to do with the styles of the teams because, uh, you know, I think Lon Kruger and Fred Hoiberg are quite a bit different from any other coaches in this league as far as their style of play. And when those guys get together, uh, good things happen for, for college basketball, period. But, uh, you know, you see other teams. Uh, was talking to our good buddy John Shin the other day, and he said, you know, if you want to clean up college basketball, you've got to uh, you know get rid of the, the Gene Cady uh, influence from Purdue and you know, Bruce Weber's in that tree as well, and, and just the mucking up the game. Just get after it, play basketball, play straight up, and, and have fun with it. And It's such an enjoyable game when it's played that way. Yeah. We also, just uh, just for fun, we had six charging calls in the first half uh, Saturday at TCU, three for each team. So I don't think <laughs> I've seen charges all season. We had six in the first half. Just un- unbelievable. Uh how the way games are officiated and, and some of the rules in college basketball that uh, lead to that change is just 
can change the dynamic of a game. And certainly uh, Oklahoma State saw that against TCU. That's not taking anything against TCU uh, in that no, game. No, it didn't, not, didn't not, influence the game. No, yeah. it, was just, it was just oddity stuff, you know? Yeah, and, and certainly not taking anything against Kansas State on that game on Saturday because here's yeah. the deal. If Oklahoma grabs, uh, you know, two more defensive boards, uh, they win that game pretty handily. Uh, they just couldn't get on the, the glass uh, on that end of the floor, and Kansas State made them play with big offensive boards, a lot of second chance, uh, a lot of second chances that went in, but uh, still, still a head scratcher and just a wind up being a bad matchup for OU. But let's talk about uh, moving forward uh, down the road. Oklahoma State uh, gets West Virginia this weekend. Oklahoma gets. Uh, Texas Tech, and then we finally get to that uh, no midweek game for them. And I think that's a, a good time for both these teams to to regroup a little bit and, and get after it uh, heading into the last three games of Big 12 season. Yeah, I think it is. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it's going to be an interesting stretch for Oklahoma State in that, you know, they they had that great momentum when they won three in a row lost that at TCU, now all of a sudden they got a two-game losing streak. they got to get some positive energy going again. I think that makes this game Saturday really important, you know, because if you lose that game to West Virginia, which you figure is going to be somewhat of a toss-up game, then you got to wait a week again to play. You know, it, it, you've got a, a long little time period here of negative, kind of negative energy flowing. Uh, so, And the other thing with that is, if you can beat West Virginia, okay, um, then you've got back-to-back games with TCU and Tech. Okay, Tech and, it's actually going to be Tech and TCU. Tech out there, TCU and Stillwater. Then you have a chance to win a couple games right there and get to 10 wins, which I don't think anybody saw Oklahoma State getting to. I think if they could somehow get to 10 wins, um, the finish at West Virginia, which is going to be a tough place. If they, get, if they could get to 10 wins, I think it gets them a reasonable seed in the tournament, maybe keeps them out of like an 8-9 matchup, which are, which are always nightmare situation. And, uh, you know, it, it would be big for them. Yeah, no doubt about that. It'll be really interesting to watch uh, the Big 12 race over these last uh, two or three weeks because everybody is uh, bunched right up there. I think Kansas is clearly going to win it. I think TCU and, and Texas Tech are going to finish 9-10. and 10, But everywhere from, from 2 to 7 – uh, is a, a, a complete toss-up right now, which is going to lead to a lot of shuffling uh, in the Big 12 tournament uh, bracket and a lot of really good games once we get to Kansas City. I haven't examined uh, the, the finishing schedule for Texas. I know Iowa State goes there Saturday, but um, do you think they're in danger of maybe missing the tournament? I think they're probably going to get in. I think it's they're going to have to obviously going to have to get some wins down the stretch and maybe even win a game uh, in Kansas City. They're they're flirting right on the edge, but I I still think, and I think that winning streak that they had uh, going in uh, to to the the game the other night is going to help them. I think they're figuring out some things. Uh, I didn't really like Jonathan Holmes shooting six three pointers the other night. He tends to do that a lot, but I think Miles Turner is playing so much better. I think they're going to get a couple more wins. But uh, it's going to be really interesting. I think they're probably going to finish, you know, be a, a seven ten seed or an eight nine or nine seed, which is uh, 
going to lead to some bad matchups for them uh, in the NCAA tournament. Do you have their Do you have their schedule available that's, up there? Where you? Are? That's what I'm trying. I'm trying to pull it up right here. Uh, let's see here. I think maybe they still have to go to Lawrence. I think so they, you might be right. Play, if they, you know, that makes this game at home against Iowa State huge. Yeah, absolutely. Texas right now six and seven in the Big Twelve. I mean, you've got to get to at least five hundred. I think they're if they get there, they're going to be all right because that uh, non-conference schedule that they had was pretty. Even tough. eight and ten might work. Might work. But yeah, they they could they make it at eight and ten. Um, but but they've got their home against Iowa State. Then they go to West Virginia. That's no easy task Ooh. as we've talked about. They go to Kansas. Uh, they play Baylor at home and then finish with Kansas State at home. Uh, I think they match up pretty well against Kansas State. So mm-hmm. I would think that they uh, they would be able to win that game. It was a tight game in Manhattan, but they were able to come out with that win. But uh, you know, certainly they don't have any of the the lower half, the the lower uh, couple teams in the Big Twelve left. And uh, Iowa State is is going to be that's going to be an interesting matchup for me. I think just the dynamic between those two th- two teams and and what Niang brings on that side, what McKay's brought. And what uh, Texas has been able to do in t- on the interior uh, over the last couple weeks, but but West Virginia is going to be a really interesting matchup for them. And then uh, mm-hmm. going to the fog, I don't I don't see a way that they win that game. So uh, it, it's going to be tough for them. But I think they I I still think they get at least a couple more wins uh, during that stretch, and they're they're able to at least finish eight and ten and. Uh, make it into the NCAA tournament. Yeah, that's going to be fun. It's going to be interesting, no doubt about it. With uh, the, the, these last couple of weeks here uh, in uh, in conference play, the last three weeks going to be very interesting. Uh, yeah, a- absolutely. It'll be fun to watch, And uh, but that's all the time we have for today. We'll uh, be back again next week. Maybe we'll be able to, to get it get it done a little bit earlier in the week with no, uh, no midweek game, uh, get it knocked out, and uh, – talk a little bit more fresh about Saturday's games and then uh, looking forward to a, a big home stretch for both these teams, Oklahoma Oklahoma, and Oklahoma State. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, thank you, John. And you can check us out every day at newsok.com and every morning in the Oklahoma for the best OU and OSU coverage in the world.